Yes, Biffy. <laughs> it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking better be the way we've hyped it up. I know. I'm <laughs> so excited for this episode. I can't even fucking tell you. <laughs> You're not gonna even try. I don't even want to try. This is just <laughs> it. I'm so excited. Uh, well, hello, kids, and <laughs> welcome to another episode of My Spooky Gay Family. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And, and this, this is, is My Spooky, spooky Gay, gay family. family. Another glorious <laughs> podcast <laughs> makes me sick. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Hi, Pissy. I'm very excited today. I know you are. You, are. <laughs> you have been like buzzing about this since I walked in the since I walked in the door. I know. I'm like I I have never been so excited to. Re- That's not true. There have been a lot of really great movies that we've done on this podcast, <laughs> but today is like quintessential Halloween 90s kid cult classic. This is like the Halloween movie. It is, I would say, probably one of the most anticipated movies of this season. Yeah, no, this is the movie that I kind of like, I sit there with like my hand on the play button going, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. It's not time yet. I can't yet. It's almost time. Uh, and then I'll watch it three times. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. I know it's the Halloween season when I'm like, you know what I should turn on today? <laughs> what should you turn on, Pissy? Hocus Pocus! <laughs> I should watch Hocus Pocus. Um, and it's like, it's one of those movies where you... You pop it in the the DVD player if you're of a certain age, and you... <laughs> <laughs> or you go on Disney Plus if you're of a different certain age. I know. <laughs> That's the funny thing. It's like I'm gonna be the asshole who pops it in the DVD player, and like I don't know, gets like my Charleston chews and takes my teeth out and decides to have a, a really fun evening, <laughs> sucking the lives out of little children. <laughs> Well, it's bed by seven, so I better start this at three. <laughs> um, yes, this movie is like quintessential, 100% perfect Halloween movie. But before we get into it, we we just got here. So let's yeah. let's uh, check in let's, a little let's bit. Let's slow the roll a little we, bit. We will be getting to Hocus Pocus. You, the, the cat's out of the bag. Thackeray <laughs> Binks is no longer in the sack above the cauldron. We are talking about Hocus Pocus today, but uh, I thought it would be nice to check in and see how you're doing. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing fine. Um, are I'm, you in a lot of pain? No, I'm not in a lot of pain. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and you know exactly yes, why. Yes, I know I'm exactly asking. why you're going to say this. We had like the quintessential fall night the other night. Uh, 
Sam and Bob and Jess and I and Sarah and Chris uh, all got together in your backyard mm-hmm. and we uh, we decided to have our first like fire pit of the fall mm-hmm. and I got my pumpkin spice frappuccino and we were all kind of like bundled up and we made uh, sausages and corn on the cob and we just like sat around and stoked a fire all night and you know talked about bullshit and yeah had a wonderful time um <laughs> but something terrible happened <laughs> something <laughs> almost terrible oh it was closer to almost <laughs> than it was to terrible um <laughs> we were at one point and i should have seen it coming because uh I, this is just something that is like... I should quintu- have seen it coming. I know, this is quintessential Sam. Uh, we were... <laughs> the fire was getting a bit low, so Sam was was doing her lesbianic duty and, and stoking the fire and throwing some logs on. In a very manly fashion. A very manly... A very womanly fashion. <laughs> a very strong-willed womanly fashion. Thank uh, you. And <laughs> she was grabbing. <laughs> you were grabbing the pincers, right? Yeah, I was grabbing the the fire stoker. Yeah. Yes, the fire stoker. You and the blow poke, which, by yes, the way, I'm, I do own a blow poke. I think is fucking hysterical because you sound like <laughs> John Peterson to me, <laughs> or whatever his name is, the guy who Michael Peterson, the guy who killed his wife with the stairs. Yeah. Um. Every time someone says blow poke, now that's all I can fucking think of. But um. Sam turned to get the pincers and there was a log on the ground at her feet and she didn't see it because it was very dark out. And Jess and I were like bullshitting and talking and I think I was like making fun of Jess. And then at the same time, Jess and I turned and looked and just saw Sam like turn around and immediately make like a nosedive for the fire. (laughs) And we were like... It's like that kind of fear where, like, you can't even make a sound because I thought I was going to be pulling you out of a bonfire. And then (laughs) Sam, to her credit, very gracefully, just, like, tuck and rolled away. (laughs) Because when you're faced with the option of hitting the dirt or hitting a fire, (laughs) you hit the dirt. And you did. You did a great job. I have to say I was very impressed. Thank you. I appreciate that. I almost <laughs> died, but everything's fine. Everything else about the <laughs> night was fantastic. Yeah, we had hot apple cider. It was a blast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're not on fire. Thank you. I'm glad I'm not either. That would have been a fun trip to the hospital. I don't think it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a funny story after the fact for all of you. <laughs> Sam's like one of those people in the cartoons that's just like wrapped up like head to toe. Like a mummy. Like a mummy. Um, well, I'm glad that you're doing well. And uh, I did. I had such a great night uh, that night. I, I love when we have our, our little bonfires. No, they're lots of fun. And I keep calling it a bonfire. It's like yeah, a campfire. Yeah, I was going to say. It's like... <laughs> Although we did break into the Christmas tree this time, which is oh, always... Which was slightly disappointing considering what happened when we burned the wreath. Yeah, when we burned the wreath, it went like crazy high up and this time it just kind of fizzled. But I know because the wreath had all those like tiny little pine needles that were just like super dried out. Yeah. And we threw it on the fire being like, oh, this will burn well. And then all of a sudden we were like engulfed in flames and we were like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> It was massive. So we pulling tried- the wire form out like it's the one fucking <laughs> ring from the forges of Mordor. 
it's mine now. <laughs> um, and so we uh, we did. We had a, a nice little fire, and and Sam is not on fire, which is no. one of the better parts of the night anymore. And uh, Jess has been literally like listening to the podcast and introducing our niece and nephew to all of the movies that we've been suggesting. Yeah. And so they have watched uh what have they watched so far? Which is Night they Out? They watched Hocus Pocus, um Abbott and Costello. Tiny Tiny Toons Tiny Night Glory. Um and what? we've just been informed that tonight they're watching the worst wish. The worst wish. <laughs> tonight they're getting their very own um, um, Kittens. <laughs> um, and I, I want to say, was, did they watch uh, Halloween is Grinch Night? Um, I think they might have. I don't mm. remember getting that text, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. You started Halloween Town. Yes, I did start watching Halloween Town, and then I had to turn it off because it was like one thirty in the morning, and I had to go to bed. <laughs> but not because you didn't like. Not it. because I didn't like it. No. What did you think of what you saw? I think it's fun. I think it's clearly a made-for-TV movie, but that's fine. Yeah, it's. I love Debbie Reynolds, so. I I love Debbie Reynolds as well, and, and I the watched mom is it. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was neither here nor there. I I, I I know that you don't. Um, care, but the mom is kind of hot. Uh, I'll take your word. And so, <laughs> you know what's funny to me though, watching it, and I I think maybe it's because I didn't watch it as a kid. I don't have that like nostalgia for it. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Uh. A lot of people compare it to Hocus Pocus and say that it's like just as much one of their like, oh, Halloween movies. And I'm like, this in no way compares to Hocus Pocus in my book. I mean, in my book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think that the two are in the same the same category. But again, no. I'd, I've never seen it to completion even as of the recording of this podcast. So, And admittedly, it is it is good. I enjoyed it. I would watch it again. I I kind of want to punch that one little kid, though. Which one? The little the, girl? The, the brother. The brother? Which one's? Oh, the smartass. Yeah. Yeah. The like, like know-it-all. Like, I kind of want to kick that kid in the pants. Yeah, he's kind bit. of annoying. I, I don't even remember his name. But, uh, yeah, it's... I don't know. It's a it's a much more like kitty version of of Halloween, and I can appreciate that. I'm not against it. I mean, um, it was on the Disney Channel. It's not. Like- I know, <laughs> and that's why I'm saying like I have I understand what it is and who it's made for. But the thing I like so much about the movie we're talking about today is that it generally falls into the same category in that like it is clearly made for children. But there's but a lot in it that's for adults. You can enjoy this movie <laughs> at literally any age. It is it is such a perfect movie. There are very <laughs> few Halloween movies that I think are as perfect as Hocus Pocus. With the possible exception of 1978 Halloween, I think you're probably right. Well, yeah, I I think of I put that kind of in a different category though cuz like that's like a horror movie and Hocus Pocus is not a horror movie by any means. No, it's not. Unless you're like six. <clears throat> yeah. And then there's some tension, but like <laughs> Halloween is perfect and holds up on its own in a different category. Hocus Pocus is like, it is the movie that I most strongly associate with Halloween besides Halloween. Halloween. That's fair. 
It is just the best movie ever made. <laughs> but for Halloween. <laughs> I think, like, The Birdcage, Hocus Pocus, and... I can't even think of another. Like, those are the two most perfect movies ever made. Clue. Maybe Clue. Okay. That's fair. I'll I'll give you that. Death Becomes Her is also very close. And surprisingly is, like, kind of a Halloween-y movie. It is kind of. Like, it's sort of a horror movie. It's spooky. It's kind of uh, fantasy, deals with death, kind of murder, spookiness. Yeah, but in a very funny way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But hocus pocus, we're yes. we're finally on to the the uh, the meat and potatoes of this episode. <laughs> I love this movie so dearly. I remember being a kid and like, I don't remember the first time I watched this movie, but I do remember like being so in love with this movie that. I just wanted to be a witch. Like, I just, I wanted, but like a, like a Sanderson sister witch. I desperately wanted to be a witch. I mean, to be fair, we did spend a lot of our time reenacting the first 15 minutes of this film. So you we kind did. of got your wish. Um, who did you play? I was Thackeray every time. I knew, I, I, I assumed that. I was, was the only probably. person who didn't want to be a Sanderson sister. So I was Thackeray. I, I still can't believe you didn't want to be a Sanderson sister. I didn't want to be as badly as you, Bob and Kevin, wanted to be. Mm. So and I, I desperately wanted to be Winifred. Like, de- <laughs> still to this day, desperately want to be Winifred. <laughs> She's just, like, the perfect comic foil. She is, like, oh, she is she is the bee's knees. I love Winifred Sanderson. Who were the other two? Was, Bob was, was Sarah, Sarah. Okay. And Kevin was Mary, because he was fat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not well he was he's not anymore no no he's not now I'm fat <laughs> now I'm the Mary I guess <laughs> and he's the Rhoda uh, yes I was Winifred because I was the oldest of the boys and the boys were the only people playing the sisters and uh, <laughs> this is our family <laughs> just in case you're unaware <laughs> yeah we had a clearly a very uh, typical upbringing and Bob was Sarah because he always liked and still to this day likes the very, like, soft, you know, sexy girl. <laughs> Not that he likes girls, but... Yeah, I was going to say. He, <laughs> I, I, I never know how to describe Bob's... Aesthetic. Aesthetic. It's always very, like, skinny white girl, sexy, like, <laughs> attractive to the boys. That's Bob's aesthetic. <laughs> That's fair. And Kevin was kind of the goofy one that liked food. <laughs> <laughs> so he was Mary. Um, I mean, to be fair, we were all kind of the goofy one that liked food. Still are. Yes. <laughs> I still desperately want food. That's why I think I, I think that's probably the thing I have most in common with Winifred is that she spends her one night back on Earth trying to get a snack. That's all. <laughs> like that's all she wants. She's just trying to get like very, one last suck on that wrapper. A very specific <laughs> snack. A very specific snack that will keep her alive forever. But we don't have to give like a rundown of what this movie is about, do we? Like, you I don't, don't think-, think so. Is there anyone who hasn't seen Hocus Pocus? I mean, there's got to be one, but that person can go to Wikipedia because that's that's a little crazy. I mean, 
I guess Hocus Pocus. Go watch it and come back. Yeah, it's a it's a story about three witches who were killed during the Salem witch trials, but they leave a curse that. But they were actually witches, and they were actually. <coughs> <coughs> yes, they were actually <laughs> witches, and they put a curse on this town that one day a virgin is going to summon them back to their town, and they're going to. Uh, make a potion that will allow them to suck the souls out of little children and stay alive forever. That's the curse. And of course, 300 years later, (laughs) (laughs) Max Dennison shows up to Salem, Massachusetts. And sure enough, he's a having never known the touch of a woman. Never known the touch of a man. Um, That was the, that was the comment I made to you the other day. You have like a Sanderson sisters plaque in your, um, in your, in your downstairs bathroom. And, I was reading it and it's like, uh, on All Hallows' Eve, when the moon is round, dot, 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 <laughs> someone will summon us from under the ground. And I was like, very, very nice spirit Good Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> you couldn't put the word virgin on there. You couldn't put the word virgin on the plaque. <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised with all the Hocus Pocus merch that Spirit Halloween has. Like, I just want there to be one of those like tumblers with straws on it, like the Starbucks Venti style tumbler mm-hmm. that just says <clears throat> virgin on it. <laughs> Like, that's all I want. Without the context of the movie, though, it just comes off as, like, a little bit creepy. (laughs) (laughs) You just take a Sharpie marker and write daiquiri next to it, and you're fine. You're just telling them what you're drinking. I was like, daiquiri? I was like, which character is that? (laughs) (laughs) Daiquiri Binks, the alcoholic cat. (laughs) For your boozy Hocus Pocus party later on this year. (laughs) There's daiquiri Binks. Oh, that's a good idea. Winifred Slamderson. Oh, I like that. The screwdriver. The Bloody Mary. Yes, clearly. What's Sarah? She's probably like a Shirley Temple. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck she would be. She's the she's the only other virgin drink. She's a muck slide. Oh, I like that. A M O K. A muck slide. That was a good one. <laughs> Thank you. You're very punny tonight. I am very punny tonight. <laughs> To be fair, I think it's at least partially because I watched Hocus Pocus last night in preparation for this episode. I did not, and I'll tell you why. Most times well, I would be embarrassed. To. Most times I would be embarrassed to say that I didn't watch the movie in preparation. In this instance, I was like, I literally do not need to. I could quote this movie backwards and forwards. Um, I, like so many queers of our generation, love this movie so desperately. I wonder... If the reason queer people love this movie so much is because it's kind of about these, like, three outcast women who just want to be, like, young and beautiful and kill everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It is also really campy. It's very campy. It's it's a very campy movie. I mean, it's starring Bette Midler. Yes. The the divine Miss M herself. The divine Miss M. And she is... uh, like, let's get that out of the way right off the top. Bette Midler is the queen of everything. <laughs> I love her. I know she's gotten herself into some trouble recently on Twitter, but I stand by her. If she were my man, I would stand by her. <laughs> <laughs> I love her to death. She can do no wrong, in my opinion. I, I, I don't advocate for every single thing she said, but I will say that there's nothing that can make me stop loving her. I love Bette Midler to fucking death. And... This performance is just phenomenal. No, she is kind of perfect for the whole movie. Like she is she is everything about this movie that makes it wonderful. If this was any other actress, this movie wouldn't have worked. No, I can't think of any 
single other actress that would have played this part as well as Bette Midler. Not one. Can you? And for that matter, I I would say the same thing for Kathy Najimy and And Sarah Sarah Jessica Jessica Parker. Parker. Like, it was just a perfect storm for these three parts. It really was. I would not change any one of them for another actress. It wouldn't have worked. Because, and this is something I was thinking about when we were talking about doing this movie. I think a lot of people, it's very easy to kind of make fun of Sarah Jessica Parker because she's always kind of played that Carrie Bradshaw, whatever character. But in this movie, she took a character that could have been very boring. Yeah. And she made her very lovable and entertaining. And she had amazing comedic timing. Yeah. Like, which is not a (laughs) thing. Explain what? Which is not necessarily something that you would expect from Sarah Jessica Parker outside of maybe like, because like even in like First Wives Club, like her character is not particularly funny. It's minimal. I mean, she's funny. Shelly is funny. Shelly is funny, but like Shelly is funny for what's going on around Shelly, I feel like, more than Shelly herself is is a funny character. But she's kind of a, a weird villain type in that movie. Yeah. I mean, the the best part of it is when she lisps in your size. In your size. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's true. I think in this movie, she doesn't get enough credit for, like, kind of the subtle moments she's living in the background of, like, every scene. <laughs> where it's, like, the scene where uh, Winifred is giving them the speech about how they only have this one night. And she's mm-hmm. like, we will evaporate. <laughs> we will cease to exist. Dust thou comp. And she has like a Charlotte Ray moment. Um, And Sarah, like during the whole speech, is just sitting there like wide eyed eating a spider. And it's like, it's just so perfect because she's clearly not there. And it's like, but as an actor watching it, it's like, oh, she's intentionally not there. Yes. Like she is anywhere else on an on an astral plane that is just not here. And it is <laughs> so perfect. I think a lot of people kind of sleep on Sarah. And she's she's a great character and a very necessary one in this movie. She is. I, I have to admit my favorite has always been Mary mm-hmm. out of the three of them. Like I love <laughs> Kathy Najimy in the, in this movie. Like, <laughs> in like any the, movie. the constant barking, like the, the like, <laughs> <laughs> And like the sideways uh, mouth, the crooked the mouth like, thing that she mouth. does. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> she she just looks like she she always looks like she just got hit by Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, all of these women are so talented, and Kathy and Jimmy is such a brilliant actor and a a comedic actor. It's like. Her improv, and I, I don't want to say for a, like 100% that's improv because I, I don't have the shooting script. But um, like the moment when Winifred is like laying in bed and, and she's all sad and she's like, Maddie, take me to the window. I wish to say goodbye. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and she's like, goodbye. And she's like, bye-bye. <laughs> goodbye, cruel world. Bye-bye, world. <laughs> it's like she's just always like kind of repeating whatever she's Winifred's yes man yeah. and it's like she just has all of these like really great moments where it's she's so smart she's such a smart actor and I I love her to death so much for it yeah no she's my favorite I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna just officially go on record that I stand Mary Sanderson above the other two do you have a favorite Mary moment 
I think my favorite, and I know it's kind of cliche because I know that this isn't even really Kathy and Jimmy, but like the face she makes when she's holding the vacuum cleaner and she's about to. (laughs) (laughs) Winning. (laughs) Like the how did I get stuck with this bullshit face that she makes, I think might be my favorite moment in the entire movie. (laughs) (laughs) And you know that that's been like her whole life. Yeah. Like. Even as a little girl, she was the one who, like, her broom was like a tree branch. And when when he was like, that's yours. And she was like, no, no. But okay. (laughs) Um, And then you have Winnie. Yes. The star of the show. The star of the... And honestly, I think that's the thing that drew me to her the most. I think that's why I always loved Winnie. She was so, like, flamboyant and dramatic and, like... Her look is so harsh. I love that about her. It's like she has these long, crazy nails and she has that beautiful like costume. It really is gorgeous. I don't know who the costume designer is on this movie, but they are a freaking genius. I mean, I love... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) I'm having a moment. I'm having a stroke. It's fine. The end. No, (laughs) but... um... I actually, I love all three of their costumes because they're also like flowy and mm-hmm. they all just sort of evoke that kind of Halloween feel for me. Like yeah. With the, with the like, especially when they're flying and you just see everything's billowing out behind them. It just, it looks so good when they're on the brooms. Yeah. The, um, the costume design was done by a woman named Mary E. Vogt. And uh, I just looked it up. I feel so official now. Um, <laughs> it really is amazing because it's like you said, the the costumes are so like flowy and they move so well and they have those like beautiful kind of chiffon or satin capes. Um, and it's like they were clearly designed with the idea that these women should like look kind of spectral and... Uh, spooky when they're flying around in the air but then when they're on the ground especially Winifred looks so like elegant and and odd and different and it's like it almost has like an Evelyn quality to it you know what I mean where it's like this is kind of scary but I like it (laughs) (laughs) and also this is kind of weird but I like it like yeah. with the mismatched socks and the, the yeah fucking, like. exactly <laughs> um it, it's all and the it, way that it makes them walk which is my well favorite yeah thing. <laughs> 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 i have done uh i've been a part of many groups playing winifred sanderson around this time of year i i have very famously put together quite the uh the outfit um and I have had to do that walk many times. <laughs> and it's kind of hard. <laughs> Is it really? To do in tandem with two other people, yes. Okay, that's fair. Um, it can be very difficult. You really have to, like, know what you're doing. I I did it with Judy Darling as... Uh, Judy Darling is a really wonderful queen in New York City. She played Sarah, and then another queen played Mary. And we would do it, and it was like, you really had to be a close-knit group you have to be like kind of always moving and working together because I the first time I did Winifred uh I had done Winifred kind of as a look before but I played Winifred 
um, there was a, a haunted house in New York City called Blood Manor, and they had hired a bunch of queens one night for a drag queen night. And uh, I was hired with these two other girls to be kind of outside enterti- entertaining the people mm-hmm. in line while they were waiting to get in because the line would very famously get very long. And um, we would we did... I put a spell on you out there. We had it playing on speakers and we would like run around and talk to people in character. And if you're with a really good group of people, it works really well. The way that Bette Midler and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy and Jimmy really honed in on the essences of these characters makes it so easy to know who they are and what they would do in any given situation. Like, they are such brilliant actors. <laughs> it's, it's just so freaking good. They did such an amazing job. And then you have everyone else in this movie who just kind of like facilitates the crazy. And it's like they all do an amazing job. Yeah, no, they do. I'm especially I I'm usually impressed when I when I watch um, the kids particularly. Because um, it's Thora Birch. Right? Thora Birch, yes. yes. Thor- Thora Birch. Every time I watch this, I just had to double check that name because I, I'm <laughs> like, ah, fuck, it's there, but it's not. No, it is. It's Thora Birch. Yeah, no, but like that could have been a really annoying part. Like she could have been really irritating, mm-hmm. and she's just so likable. And again, has kind of perfect comedic timing, especially yeah. for someone that young. And that's the thing. A lot of time with kids parts like that, it it can be kind of like, mm, they were fine for a kid. But it's like, she did a really great job. Like, yeah. for her age group, it was like, there was never a moment where Danny becomes kind of insufferable or annoying. It's like, you always care about her as a character. And I think Thora Birch really deserves a lot of credit for that. That's a hard thing to uh to accomplish. I even I like Danny even when she's being almost especially when she's being obnoxious to Max. Is one yeah. of my, it's one of my favorite dynamics <laughs> in the movie. Allison, Allison, kiss me, I'm Allison. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "Oh my god, I would have killed you." <laughs> uh, and the funny part is I was usually the one hiding in our brother's closets. So <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, and then we have, uh, you know, if we just wanted to go through it, we have Vanessa Shaw as Allison Mm -hmm. and we have Omri Katz as Max and they all kind of create this like lovable group of people that like even Doug Jones as, as Billy Butcherson, Mm -hmm. it's like you care about everyone in this movie all the time. There is nobody that you're like, uh, we could have, we could have swapped this out with somebody else. Yeah, and just not cared at all. But there's really, there's no part of this that falls flat. <laughs> no, not a single part. Even when they're falling flat on their faces, which is often. Which is often. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the beauty of this movie, too. It's like, it's kind of in this weird tipping point in in pop culture where we saw kind of the, we, we saw this change in style Things in the 90s, coming from the 80s into the 90s, we went from more of like a farcical style of humor into kind of a 
a little more tongue in cheek. Yeah, it was a little more tongue in cheek and it was kind of paving the way towards the kind of like Gilmore Girls, very wordy comedy that we have now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have always been very partial to farce. And this is (laughs) definitely a farcical comedy. Like everything is just ridiculous about this movie. (laughs) But I, I think that that's kind of what's so special about it is that it has all of those elements of farce, but that the story is so good. And like the characters are so good. It's a very unique situation where you care very much about all of these people. And uh, I can't think of another Halloween movie where I care as much about the characters, if I'm being honest. I mean, I'll be honest and again say Halloween 1978. I But that has like 80% to do with the huge crush I have on Jamie Lee. <laughs> but that's the thing it's like you care everyone loves Laurie Strode I love Laurie Strode to death but it's like as a character at least up until Halloween 2018 she wasn't like particularly well fleshed out yeah, yeah. It, it was like <laughs> you love her because she's the final girl and, and she's been through a lot of shit and you're like oh poor Laurie but it's like the writing of that character is not it it doesn't leave a lot of room for kind of this extravagant portrayal no whereas in this movie all of the characters are really well fleshed out without it being overkill no that's true even allison who kind of exists to be max's love interest Mm -hmm. like kind of gets her own little backstory gets her own little she has an attitude like it's not yeah she's not just She's the girl that Max gets for being the hero. Yeah, she's she's got a lot of oomph. Yeah, <laughs> she's got yabos. Yes, <laughs> and she knows how to use them. And she does. <laughs> I do love any moment. I love when she hits Mary across the face when she's like, <laughs> oh hello. Yeah. <laughs> and again, another really great uh, Kathy and Jimmy moment, moment where it's like. She should be shocked that there's another enemy, but she's yeah. it's like, oh, another friend. <laughs> well, hello. It's like, oh, why is she beating me? <laughs> um so one of the things we had we had kind of talked about in in leading up to this discussion is the fact that this is very clearly like a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, but somehow it is on everyone's Halloween list. What, like, what do you think it is about this movie that makes it so beloved? And in in such a strange way, we've brought this up already, where it's like, this holds rank among, like, Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street and all those movies that everyone wants to watch every Halloween. It's like, all these horrifying movies and Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think some of it is, I I mean, we can't completely discount just nostalgia because Mm -hmm. nostalgia is definitely a part of it. I'm sure that is a big part of it. But like, like we've been saying, the the movie itself is just such a good movie that on its face, it Mm -hmm. deserves a spot there. Yeah. But some of it is also just like a lot of people who were kids when this movie came out have kids now. Mm -hmm. And being able to share something that they really loved when they were a kid with their own kids is a really pleasant experience. And to have it be something that holds up so well, where it's like, there are a lot of movies that we liked as kids that 
I could see kids now being like, ah, oh, this isn't really my style. But it's like Hocus Pocus is like a little bit timeless where it's like every like kids of any age would love this movie. Yeah. And it really doesn't like even I was watching it last night, like it doesn't feel dated. No. At, in any way. Like I'm not looking at it and going, oh, my God, this is so 90s. Like <laughs> Besides some of the hairstyles. Yeah, so some of the hairstyles, some of the like the lack of technology. Yeah. Um, like the fact that they don't have a cell, cell phone. phone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like they don't have the internet. It's really. so funny to think that this movie would be much harder. Like this story would be much harder to tell now just because of cell phones. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why, um, and I did want to make sure that we brought this up, why I'm a little concerned about Hocus Pocus 2. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I've seen that it is confirmed, right? Yeah, I believe Disney has confirmed it. It's going to be a Disney Plus release. They haven't said when, that's, but they've that said it's coming. That doesn't give me a lot of hope, if I'm being honest. <laughs> anything that goes straight, that's like that's like straight, straight to, to DVD. DVD. Yeah, <laughs> in no. my mind, like anything that goes straight to streaming, you're like, mm, it wasn't good enough for a theatrical release. To be fair, Disney has a tendency not to put sequels out into the theaters, like hardly at all. I think, like because they made like a really big deal about the fact that Frozen Two went into theaters because Disney doesn't usually do that. Really? Yeah. They have a but this is not. like a beloved movie. This like if they were going to turn this into some kind of franchise the way they've done with uh, Frozen, you can't tell me that this would not sell a million tickets. I don't think that Disney considers Hocus Pocus to be on the same level as Frozen. I think Disney should suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way. You can tell me. Don't anger Frozen... the mouse. Oh, please. <laughs> bring the mouse. I've got a black cat that will eat him. Um, <laughs> there is there is nothing you could tell me that would make me think that Frozen deserves a higher place in the Disney lexicon than Hocus Pocus. I'm not arguing that it does. I'm just saying I think Disney feels that way. I have no patience for that. And well, I, Frozen I do made not a shit ton it. of money and Hocus Pocus didn't. Well. So I think it's like... <laughs> Hocus Pocus makes a lot of money now. Now it makes a lot of money. Now it gets its own merch rack. And but it's Halloween. their fault. They put the movie out in like July. Yeah, like, no, it was a weird choice. What the fuck were you thinking? I do remember going to see it in the theaters when we were little. I like don't. I remember dad bringing us to, we went to see it at Berkeley Cinemas, which was oh, this, no. <laughs> this little tiny theater in our hometown. Literally a one screen theater. Yeah. Like literally a one screen theater. All they showed were kids movies. Cause that was all that they could like, sell tickets for. <laughs> and like this place was like falling That's apart. Even we when we were little. We went to see Jurassic Park there. We did go to see Jurassic Park. Well, there most as well. of Jurassic, some of Jurassic some Park. Some of the first like, 45 minutes <laughs> and then somebody got scared by the I got a little bit freaked out it's fine <laughs> i waited six months for that film to be fair i was five <laughs> i know i know i don't even entirely blame you i partially blame dad it was dad's fault let's blame dad. because he shouldn't have brought you <laughs> <laughs> it's always dad's fault blame dad but I was sitting here as a complete dinosaur freak sitting here going like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. And you and you were fine for the first, like, 45 minutes. Did, and I then the okay. scary shit started. And then you were like, OK, no, this isn't OK. It was a little much for me. It was a little much. <laughs> in, but in retrospect, I love it. Funnily enough, there are, there are parts of Hocus Pocus, actually, I remember that kind of creeped me out as a kid. Really? Yeah. Like, the first 15 minutes kind of scared me. It is kind of spooky in the beginning, especially... Um, first of all, this brings me to like one of my favorite things about this movie. This movie is magical. 
It is. Like, and I don't mean that in a funny way. Like, it kind of has that same Jurassic Park feel where it's like they took something that was so fantastical and kind of unbelievable and filmed it and created it in such a way that it felt like it was existing in our world and it become it gets that like that like shine that movie mm-hmm. magic has and that's what this movie did. that's what this movie is to me and that's part of why I love it so much it's like there's no point where you look at the witches flying in the sky and you're like that doesn't really look that real yeah no there's really not a moment there's like one little tiny moment in the cemetery and it's when they're holding Mary back on the vacuum cleaner with the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, board, yeah. Where Sarah's coming in and it looks like the broom wobbles a little bit too much. Like, <laughs> where like the crane was a little too slow. Yeah, like like there was like there was just a little bit of a lag, but like that is literally the only moment of this film where I can sit here and go, okay, I can kind of see the man behind the curtain a little I bit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but generally speaking, this movie is so it really is just so like magical. And I know that sounds stupid when we're talking about a, a witch movie, but it's like, <laughs> that's the beauty of it. It just has this really amazing quality of like making you feel enchanted by, by this situation. And I, it, I, I just love it so much. And that's something that has stuck with me since I was like a little kid. I was like, if I believe hard enough, I will be able to pick up a broom and fly away. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If you just wish it. If you just wish it. Um, what the hell? Where was I going with that? What were we talking about? I don't know. I was going to ask you, was there any part of the movie that you can remember as a little kid kind of creeped you out? Oh, oh, that's what I was talking about. Because um, in the very beginning, you know, over the title sequence, you see the shadow of Sarah flying over the water. Mm -hmm. And it's like very faint and like shockingly well done for early nineties. Yeah. And it's like, it's spooky. And then obviously this is like seven, no, 1600s, uh, Salem, Massachusetts. So she arrives in Salem or, you know, from the outskirts of Salem to these kind of like cabiny houses and you just like always kind of see like a glimpse of her and then she's leading Emily away and mm-hmm. it's like kind of that really it it fucks with that thing in your head when you're a kid of like stranger bad stranger yeah. bad <laughs> <laughs> and it's like here's this lady like leading Emily into the woods and you're like oh don't do that and <laughs> And this pretty friendly looking lady on top of it. Like, well, yeah, Sarah doesn't time, look particularly haggard. I mean, really. she's a little gnarly before, a, a, the, a little before the spell. A little bit, but still she's not like... She's got those weird like, teeth. Yeah, she does have the weird teeth. <laughs> teeth freak me out more than anything. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, if somebody has bad teeth... Pennywise wasn't scary till he, until he got the chompers. Um, I, I would say that I will agree with that. I think the first 15 minutes of this movie are kind of spooky. And there's also kind of the element of the witches out in the woods that mm. I think every little kid is afraid of. Like, don't go in the woods. Uh, it's that like little Red Riding Hood thing. It, it's, you know, back to back home before dark because you don't know what's out in the woods. 
and it just happens to be three crazy women. <laughs> <laughs> it's three lovely old spinster ladies spending a quiet evening at home. Sucking the lives out of little children. <laughs> <laughs> Winifred Sanderson, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? What's, what hast thou done with my son Thackeray? Thackeray, hmm. Answer me! <laughs> I just love that she's so like she's such a like petty cunt. She's just like <laughs> she's like Thackeray. Where could he be? Cat's got my tongue. <laughs> and it's like that is what appealed to every homosexual child in the nineties. <laughs> every gay guy was like my spirit. <laughs> this is she is she is the embodiment of me. And every gay girl had Allison. Yes, you did. Yes. Were you, were you, is that what drove you to love this movie was Allison? No, I saw it at an age where I don't think I could quite pin down why I liked Allison quite so much. Mm, that's fair. But as I got older, I did figure out that she was quite good looking. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean, I think any, any heterosexual, uh, person who is a, a assigned female and any, gay man in the 90s will tell you that their first crush was Thackeray Binks. Really? Absolutely. Ask anyone. Julie Lockwood right now is listening <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> and she is saying, yes, that is 100% McGee from true. CSI? Or uh, NCIS, yeah. NCIS, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like everyone's first crush. But like that kind of crush where like you don't know why. It's like, yeah. oh, there's just something about him I really like. <laughs> I just want to be his friend. I don't I know why. I just, I just want to be really close to him. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> Absolutely. I think everyone had like, well, everyone who is attracted to, yeah. to men was attracted to Thackeray Binks in the 90s. That's fair. I'm, and I'm, was of a certain age. Hopefully there weren't to... like 50 year old men like Thackeray Binks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you. <ew>. Creepy. <laughs> Back in the cage, Jim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's always kind of a weird thing for me. Like, it's, it's, it's like, at what age do you have to, like... Stop having a crush on that person? Yeah, at what point do you have to say, okay, this is gross now? Because I feel like as long as the actor is still older than me, it's okay. Well... Uh, yeah, I'm, it's hard to say because there's a part of me that's like, well, I don't have a crush on Thackeray Binks now. No. But it's like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't, I, I still like, I remember those like weird feelings of like preteen love. <laughs> that was like, yes. <laughs> un, uh, like, you have no idea what this feeling is. Kind of like a Louise Belcher. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to slap I just want to slap him. <laughs> Everyone just wanted to slap Thackeray Binks. <laughs> Thackeray Binks was our boo-boo. Oh, God. Um, and that was, I think that's kind of, that's like a feeling that never goes away. It's like you have a fondness for that feeling. Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't have a fondness necessarily I mean, for Thackeray Binks. I wasn't watching Hocus Pocus last night going like, yes, Allison, sweet. But like, <laughs> to be fair, that actress time. was probably like in her in 20s. In her 20s, yeah. <laughs> but like. No, I remember very distinctly when I was younger being like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I get it. <laughs> ah, there it is. That's why I hate Max. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Did you hate Max? 
I really didn't like Max when I was when really? I was younger. I really didn't like him. I thought he was kind of an asshole. Um, I don't think he's an asshole. I just don't like him in the beginning of the movie, and then he starts kissing Allison, and then it's like, well, fuck you, dude. he's he's definitely very moody in the beginning but it's like then i look back on i'm like well if my parents had made me switch schools and And move across the country across the country and like one of my last years of high school i probably would have been upset too yeah no i'd have been a little pissed off i don't hate max anymore i just hate (laughs) as a a baby lesbian yes as a baby dyke i hated (laughs) do you have um because one of the things, obviously, everyone has parts of this movie that like probably spook them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Honestly, as a kid, the first time you see Billy is a bit spooky. Yeah, no, Billy looks very scary the first time you see him. And Doug Jones is like and very it, good at embodying it's, it's that. It's Doug Jones. So Doug it's Jones like... is like, for those of you who don't know, Doug Jones played Billy Butcherson, who is also very funny for yes. someone who has very few lines. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is when. Uh, he wakes up and then he turns around and sees the headstone. He's like, oh. Because oh. <laughs> you could just read that off. Oh, fuck. Oh, uh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Doug Jones has kind of made a career playing like weird skinny creeps. And yeah. that includes with a lot of makeup, a lot of makeup, like Pan's Labyrinth. He played the monster with the eyes in its hands. Mm-hmm. And in uh, he's in a lot of Guillermo del Toro, a lot of Guillermo del Toro movies. And he was just in uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Was he? Did you know that? I didn't know that. He no. was in What We Do in the Shadows. He played the Baron. Did you watch What We I Do ha- in the Shadows? I still haven't seen it. Oh, Sam. I know. Oh, my God. After <laughs> after we're done with Unsolved Mysteries and, and Bly Manor, we have to go into What We Do in the Shadows. It's so good. <laughs> Aren't there like three seasons of that? There's two, but there's only 10 seasons. Or 10 episodes, <laughs> 10, <laughs> 10 episodes per season. Uh, we should, we'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll about We'll discuss. It. <laughs> but he plays the Baron in, um, in what we do in the shadows. And he is so funny because it's one of the first roles where he has like lots of lines and he has like <laughs> a really defined speaking character and he's like this vampire who's like not at all trying to hide the fact that he's a vampire and he looks scary as shit and he's just like <laughs> it's he's very funny like obviously a very talented comedic actor and i think that's evident in hocus pocus if i'm being honest but uh it's even more evident in what we do in the shadows i think you should definitely watch it yeah, I know. It's on the list. It's on the list. <laughs> do you have, speaking of, of funny actors, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite funny moment in this movie? I honestly think it's it's the musical number. The, it's uh, it's I, I Put a Spell on, on you. you. And it's only because in the very beginning for the first couple lines when she's just starting and everybody's laughing at her. <laughs> Bette Midler's eyes keep going back and forth like I can't believe they're buying this I can't believe this is happening like I can't believe that this is working what a bunch of morons what a bunch of idiots and it's just it's just all in her face like it's just every single part of why that is funny is because Bette Midler is looking around the room like what a bunch of Of idiots (laughs) (laughs) and the best part is that she's like clearly concocted this plan but she does that like 
honestly, so much of my characterization of Pissy mm-hmm. comes from Winifred Sanderson. Because she has this, like, way of moving her arms that's very, like, flowy and, like, graceful, but, like, kind of, de- like, predatorial. Where it's like, she puts her hand on her face like, bitch, look who I am. And it's like, and... <laughs> She has this moment where she's like thinking and she has the teeth so it looks even better where she's like, mm. <laughs> and she's like, thank you, Max, <laughs> for that marvelous introduction. Uh, yeah, that uh, that is definitely a funny moment. I, trying to pick a funny moment from this movie is... It's like Sophie's choice. I can't pick <laughs> I can't pick one. I love the Gary and Penny Marshall cameos in this movie. Um uh I love it when she goes, shove it, Satan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, ooh. And so even Sarah's like, thou should not talk to, <laughs> to, to Master in that such ma- a in such a manner. <laughs> He's like, they call me master. And she's like, wait till you see what I'm gonna call you. And it's like, it has that like almost Brooksian humor where it's like it's that Neil Simon Mel Brooks like kind of old borscht belt humor and it's it's just so funny it's so good (laughs) but then you have the more like the more physical humor like the um the (laughs) it uh it appears to be a black a deep black river I hope it's not too deep and then Mary and Winifred just look at each other and they're like, bye. <laughs> Tis firm as stone. Why? Why? It's a road. And it's like, there's always that moment where it's like, they very clearly wrote these three as siblings. Yeah. And that's what's so perfect about it. They act like siblings all the fucking time. <laughs> and even when, when Winifred is saying things like, why, why hast thou cursed me with, with uh, what did she say? With such idiot with sisters. Such idiot sisters. And it's like, that was every person's experience growing up with siblings. <laughs> I still say that about you. <laughs> Rude. Um, I, I, it, it's too hard to pick like one funny moment. I, I could probably go like character by character. Hello, I want my, <laughs> my book. book. Bonjour, je veux mon livre. <laughs> that that movie taught me French. <clears throat> at least one sentence. One sentence. If I ever go to France, I can at least find one book. <laughs> They're like, "Did you lose it?" And I'm like, "Je veux mon livre." <laughs> Well, luckily, no is the same. <laughs> and they're, they're like, what? And I'm like, je suis un jeune fille. And they're like, get the ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> there is a crazy woman asking for a book because she's a young girl. <laughs> and then some announcer comes out and is like, yes, that's French she's speaking. But no, she's not French. She's insane. <laughs> And you're welcome, by the way, because we put Muzzy in our Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> episode the other day. Um, I I don't know. If I had to go character by character, Mary is a, is a toss-up between... Uh, oh, God, I can't even pick just one for Mary. It's like the, <laughs> the vacuum moment is fucking hysterical. Yeah. Um, squad. 
Yes, is, the squad. Is, is, is the squad. Yeah. It's a bottom dweller. It's a bottom dweller. You just spin it up, put butter on it, and salt. And, ah, ah. She actually says margarine, and I remember thinking, like, maybe that's dated. Like, Mary, where did you get margarine? It's just, I know. It's like, like, where have you ever seen margarine? <laughs> squad. Uh, and uh, also, the moment in the in the master's house when she finds the remote control yeah. and she's watching the, <laughs> she's watching the baby and she's like <laughs> she's just like having the time of her life um sarah is a toss up between the spider yes um and on the bus when she's like driving and uh and and she runs over Binks and she's like beep beep beep. <laughs> uh, I love when when the bus driver. I also love when the bus driver asks them because uh, this is a joke I did not get as a child. Yeah. When he's like uh, uh to take uh beautiful creatures like yourselves to your most uh forbidden, forbidden desires and she's like yes well that we desire children and he's like well it might take me a couple of tries yes. <laughs> i'm like oh jesus you watch that as an adult and you're like oh god oh my. <laughs> uh and winifred I, there's so many i love her so much i it's like what's the moment uh there's i've always wanted a child and yes. now i think i'll have one Toast, or uh, for some reason, it's always when Winifred is yelling, which is like yeah. most of the movie. When uh, <laughs> when uh, Mary's like, "Now, sister, calm down," and she's like, "I am calm." <laughs> <laughs> oh, sister, thou art not being honest with thyself. <laughs> it's so good, and it's like that is another moment where they really did such a good a job of like they are like showing you that these are three siblings and it's like her having to talk Winnie off the ledge and be like you're not being honest with yourself let's do our self-help and then they start like spinning in a circle to calm down and it's just like the most perfect <laughs> moment um they had to do a mindfulness exercise in the a of mindfulness the exercise yes. it's so good like that it's just this movie is just filled with that kind of magic where it's like kind of a contemporary take on what someone would think of a world they had never seen before. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, there's the fish out of water aspect to it. Yeah, and it's so perfect. And then, I mean, anyone's favorite moment is, like you said, the musical moment in this yes. movie. I Put a Spell on You is like, it is an iconic moment from this movie. Yes. So They had to let Bet sing. They, they were, well, and the funniest part is... Uh, she has that line in the beginning of the song where she goes, hello, Salem, my mm -hmm. name's Winifred. What's yours? And the yeah. reason they put that in is because Bette Midler had just filmed the TV, uh, the TV version of Gypsy. Mm -hmm. And there's that that famous line. Hello, everybody. My name's Rose. What's yours? Mm -hmm. And it's like they threw that in just to be like, oh, <laughs> da -da -da. and. <laughs> <clears throat> I I watched a little an Broadway humor for you, a little Broadway humor for you, and a little Bet Midler humor. And um, I was watching an interview not that long ago where they were talking to uh, Kathy Najimy, 
about recording that song and it was like one of the first things they did on the movie and she was saying she was like we were horrified because (laughs) it's like you go into a recording booth and you're there with Bette Midler who in the 90s was like a music star she had already been touring the world doing concerts and is like a very famous singer and it's like what she was well known for besides being a, a comedic character actress and she was just saying like how horrified they were that they had to like go and sing this song with her. But then it's like, well, look at this amazing, amazing trio that like, it would hurt my heart if I found out that they all didn't get along in real life. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? I, I just love that moment so much. And it's such a like Disney moment, but, uh, is entirely welcomed in my book. And it's such a catchy song on top of everything. On top of everything else, yeah. I I think uh I think it's probably one of my favorite moments in the entire movie and anyone's favorite moments in the entire movie. I I, I would be willing to to put that on paper. <laughs> I I will the the hamster is like I'll allow it. <laughs> the hamster has allowed it. Um You know what's funny about this movie to me? is that we, we kind of touched on this before that like this movie was not a financial or even really a critical success no. when it first came out. And somehow it's become this kind of like cult classic, utterly beloved film. And it's I, like I almost can't explain why. I can't either. Again, nostalgia plays a part. I think some of it was it did a lot better when it went when it went to video than it did when it was in the theaters. Mm-hmm. So blockbuster is partially a thing. <laughs> um, you never hear me say that again. Never ever again. <laughs> but um, no, I think it's a combination of it doing really well on video, mm-hmm. nostalgia, and just the fact that it's a good fucking movie. It really is. Oh. The Sarah funny moment that I forgot yeah. <laughs> is one you referenced earlier. Okay. It's a muck. Oh, of course. <laughs> I can't believe we forgot a muck. <laughs> a muck, a muck. <laughs> <laughs> and it, again, is a scene that I recreated with Bob many times. Yeah, and you did not pull the hit either. And still don't. <laughs> <laughs> I will never pull my punches with Robert. <laughs> Bob's got like three bruised ribs. <laughs> He's like a little bit Sarah, a little bit Mary. He's just that like beaten friend. <laughs> that is something I love about uh, about Mary is that she's like, it's like I said before, she's kind of the yes man to Winifred. And she she's just like always kind of willing to take a hit for the for the team. I, that, I love Mary so much. I, every time I think of Mary, I think of the dead man's toe. Yeah. <laughs> Would you two stop that? <laughs> I'm trying to concentrate. Sorry. She's trying to concentrate. <laughs> and can we talk about uh their house for a minute? Yeah, sure. I love their house. <laughs> and in particular want desperately to live in Winifred's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. I love how like spooky and weird it is. And like they have like a a water turnstile on the outside of their house. What's it called? Um, um, A water wheel. 
a what a what a water wheel a water wheel yeah it's almost like it's exactly what it sounds like <laughs> it's one of those words in english where it's basically just exactly what it is yeah. <laughs> water wheel <laughs> uh they have the water wheel on the outside of the house and it's like it's just such a weird, spooky old house. And it's like everything I want. It's rustic. It's quiet. It's cold. It's in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, this is my... There's probably <laughs> dead children under the floor. <laughs> everything I want in a house. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it just appeals to every part of me that loves that like rustic, witchy, wrought iron... I love it. I just want to live with them. <laughs> Don't you ever feel that way? I have to be honest. I hadn't considered it, but now really? that you're saying it, yeah, no, it is kind of, it is kind of awesome. And Winifred's bedroom is lavish. <laughs> <laughs> it is decadent. It's like she has like a silk canopy bed. It's beautiful. I'm like, I want this desperately. <laughs> I just want to be Winifred. I want to fly around on a broom. I want to shoot people with electricity. And I want to live in a beautiful house. <laughs> and I mean, isn't that what every gay wants? That's all I want. And I want crazy hair. I want any hair, to be honest. But uh, I would love to have her. Her hair is fucking nuts. I had to make a Winifred wig for my, uh, my Winifred costume. And... I won't give the secret away to how I made it. I was taught to make it by a friend of mine whose name is Bobby Pins. <laughs> He's a very talented wig maker in New York City. And I really needed one like last minute. And I was like, Bobby, can you in any way come through for me and make me a Winifred wig in like a week? And he was like, I'm really sorry. I have a ton of uh, commissions at the moment. But he was like, I'll, t I'll sell you the base wig and I'll tell you how I do it. And so he did. And I, I have never <laughs> given the secret away and I won't tonight either, but um, it's really crazy the way it came together. But when he did it, I'll, I'll share the picture of my Winifred costume because it, it is like the best construction of a Winifred wig I've ever seen. And I can, and I take absolutely no credit for it because it was all Bobby. <laughs> <clears throat> Have you ever wanted to dress up as one of the witches? Not really. I will admit. Really? Yeah. No, it's like I, all, I, if I could dress that way every day, I would. I don't wear skirts. You know this. I wear them every day. <laughs> Somewhere dad's like, oh, God. <laughs> I love her coat. I love her. I'm talking about Winifred, of course. Yeah. I love her dress. I love her cape. I, But I... I only want it if I can actually fly on a broom. <laughs> How is it that we made it all the way to 2020 and we don't have flying brooms? You have you have been on this rant before. Have I? Yes, you have. I don't recall. A couple times. Well, let's do it again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Back to one. <laughs> Back to one. We want hover brooms now. Elon want, Musk, get on. I want hover brooms. I don't <laughs> give a shit about anything else. Take all of my money. I want the hover broom. Um... I hate to say it, but we're we're approaching the end of Hocus Pocus. Oh, no. Did I miss anything? I mean, we could probably sit here and quote another like 30 or 40 jokes from the movie. And that's the thing. It's like this is this falls into that category of movie we love, which is like the super campy quotable movie. You can quote this movie for days on fucking end and then start again and it'll be just as funny. Yeah. These jokes never get old. No. So much so that, like, I went to see 
Bette Midler in concert uh, maybe like mm, five years ago. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever in in her doing her, her concert tours, she performed I Put a Spell on You and dressed as Winifred. Oh, no. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was insane. And Did the gays lose their minds? Everyone, I was, I was at the, the, God, where the fuck was I? It was like the Staples Stadium or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. it is. Or the Wells Fargo Center. I don't know where the fuck it was. But it was down in Philly. And it was like, it was like someone was like, there's a fire. Because everyone just went, <laughs> what? And I knew she was going to do it because someone had very, oh, it, it's what pisses me off about cell phones, because someone had posted videos of it and I yeah. had seen like a small clip. I didn't want to ruin it for myself, but she does like this whole thing where she comes out and she plays Winifred and she talks and she has like a costume, she has the costume on, she has the teeth and she has this like giant oversized headpiece as the wig and mm-hmm. like, it was just so phenomenal. And it you can tell that she has so much love for this character. She has said on numerous occasions that it's one of her favorite films to have ever made. I mean, what's not to like about it? But, and also like, I guess, <clears throat> excuse me, from an acting perspective, it's like, she was so, she was like, I always felt like I understood the character of Winnie and she was like, I feel when I, she's like, when I watch this movie back, I feel like I'm Winnie a hundred percent of the time. She's like, there's never a moment where she kind of pops out of character. It's mm-hmm. all very alive and, and cohesive. And I think for her, it's a very proud moment as an actor where she also loves this movie because it's yeah. amazing and for us it's like that's part of what made it so magical no one broke character in this whole movie not even one. everyone was always just giving it a hundred thousand percent and loving every minute of it and that's something i i love so much about it and it's the thing that scares me so much about the idea of the sequel because i mean the three witches have all said that they would like to come back mm-hmm We have no idea if Disney is going to honor that request. I mean, I hope that they will. I hope they will, too, because I feel like it would be just it would be just stupid to try to make this movie without the Sanderson sisters. Could you even imagine like in what world would you want to go see a Hocus Pocus that didn't have that? And not just Winnie, Mary and Sarah. I'm saying in what world would you want to see this movie without Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy Jimmy? They're, they're, it doesn't exist. If they told me that they were releasing this movie tomorrow and those three actresses weren't in it, I would not go see it. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I I feel like that's an instant boycott. So listen here, mouse. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's shocking to me that it's taken so long to get this off its to get this on its feet because like these actors have been saying forever that they want to do it. They're like, we will come back in a heartbeat. And it makes me wonder if it was a money thing because if if I was Bette Midler or Kathy Jimmy or Sarah Jessica Parker, I would ask for the world from Disney uh, yeah. because you know they can't make this movie without you. And honestly, Disney should pay them every cent, every goddamn <laughs> shekel because it's like you will make so much money off of this movie. You, you could pay them 
the entire cost of production each and <laughs> you'll make it all back. It's just like that's how that's the level of love that people have for this movie. No, definitely. Um, I would certainly go to see it instantly if it had the three of them. I'd like, even I'd pay even... the thirty dollars to watch it on Disney Plus. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like I would even do that. I would do it. So let this be a lesson. If you work for Disney and you are somehow involved in Hocus Pocus production, let them know that we will give them the most scathing awful review if i find out that those three witches are not in it or those three actresses (laughs) all right kids uh we do have a bit of business to deal with before we move on oh we do we do have some business uh we wanted to remind you all i know we mentioned this in in our minisode early earlier this week um we wanted to remind you all that uh, tomorrow, we are tomorrow being <laughs> Friday, September 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's American Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we are hosting our first watch along on Facebook. We are going to be watching Scream and we are going to give you <laughs> some very like mystery science theater commentary over it. So you get to watch the movie with us and we're going to be having a, a gay old time watching this movie so you should all tune in and, and watch any it with time us. with us is a gay old time it's always a gay old time <laughs> uh i hope you loved this conversation about hocus pocus i love this movie more than most things uh <laughs> and i hope that you do too if there's something we missed please let us know what it was Uh, And we'd love to hear from you. So we will see you tomorrow for our watch along. Don't forget next Thursday, a week from today, we are uh, launching our Patreon where you can catch uh, our micro sods from almost now on. We're going to be moving the micro sods over there after we're done with this season of Unsolved Mysteries. So uh, we have tons of video content and newsletters and and merchandise and and cool stuff over there that you can check out so uh definitely check out the patreon and until next time stay spoopy and remember (laughs) (laughs) it's just a bunch of hocus pocus My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from Hocus Pocus, distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures 1993. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara. <laughs>